Awesome. It's great to see you all here tonight at Stratford Heights. We do have a lovely evening plan. The presence of the Lord is here already, which is awesome. And God's here ready to move and work. Tonight we are going to hear a wonderful message from our youth pastor, Brother Cameron Jones. Wonderful word being brought. Right off the miracle circuit from this, from this morning, from his, from his uh, trip to the church today where he almost died in a horrible car accident. So he'll have a hot testimony, and he's got a word. Seriously, he's got a major, uh, a real word for us tonight, and he's coming to bring that. We also have Psalms, Voices of Psalm 95 back there, our senior adult choir. Let's appreciate them. Something that happens at the beginning of every service, you see the, uh, the stuff come up on the screen in this beautiful entrance, this introduction into our service. For those of you who don't know that, that is actually, not only does it start our service here, but online, when you go online and you get online live for our service, that is what the people online see. It's like the introduction, the beginning of the service, and it's like a full-blown uh, TV program happening right there online. So that's what that is. We wanted to know about that. The, the uh, video people around here are doing a wonderful job under uh, direction of Lenny Robinson. If you see one of these camera guys around here, thank them because they're doing a wonderful job. But anyhow, after all that appreciation, we want to get out and appreciate one another for coming to the house of God tonight. There's no greater love than Jesus. There's no greater love than He gives. There's no greater love than Jesus. Oh, so deep with All right, guys, let's sing it. There's no greater love than Jesus. There's no greater love than He gives. 
still fellowshipping over here. It's good to see you tonight. Boy, wonderful service this morning. Didn't God bless? We came together in our 830 service and we couldn't get past the presence of the Lord. And he moved in such a mighty way. And then again, we came together for 1040 and the Lord blessed and moved abundantly. You could tell the presence of the Lord was here. If you were here and you know it, say amen. amen. It was so wonderful. God is good. Tonight, I want, to, I want to read a scripture I read to you this morning, talking about our giving. Our wrestlers are coming to serve you this evening, and as they get ready to serve you, I want to read a scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. 
says, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That scripture the Lord gave to me concerning you, concerning you and your giving. What I'm praying for and I'm believing for is not for more, I'm not looking to raise money for the church. What, what the Lord has instructed me to do is to pray for the spirit, spiritual financial health of our people. Because it's God's will to bless and to touch you. And in that process of you being healthy, you being financially healthy to our young married couples, teaching them the word of God when it comes to how they manage their finances and how they, they live together and, and make ends meet. And then teaching as Christians our spiritual stewardship. The Lord let me know that if we will focus on, on preaching and teaching and praying for spiritual financial health of the people, the other fundraising will all take care of itself. The Lord spoke something over me about his people and he said, I have already put it down in their hearts to be givers. He said they want to give. But many of them are strapped and going through all kinds of hardships. And they need to be set free so that they can realize the, the desire in their own hearts to be able to give. So I want to pray for, again, this evening, for, for financial health, for spiritual financial health over our families. I want you to stand with me as we get ready to pray over the gifts that we bring to God. I've come to bring my gift to the Lord. You have come to give your gift to the Lord. As part of our worship, part of our, our praise and our thanksgiving to God is that we have come into his house and we will worship him with our gifts. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you this evening, we thank you and we honor you. We bless you because, Lord, you take care of your people. We believe that you want us to abound to every good work. That, Lord, you are willing and wanting. You have enough grace, Lord, to help us in all that we do. You're able to make all grace abound to us so that in all things, in all times, having all that we need, we can abound in your good works. So, Lord, we ask you to help us in the development of devoted and faithful and committed and obedient Christians. Help us, Lord, to pray for one another in spiritualness, warfare, Lord, that they can be set free in this age and in this day when so many couples are strapped and finances are so hard. We just pray that you would set your people free tonight as they cheerfully and wonderfully give to you and to your kingdom work in this community and around the world. We honor you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you tonight that you take care of your people. Lord, you said that you feed the birds, you feed them, and if they're taken care of, how much more will you take care of your people? We trust you tonight. We give you not only our allegiance and our loyalties from our soul and our heart, but Lord, we give you our treasures. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
not ours. <laughs> today of singing at the Blue Ball Presbyterian Church, the Men of Valor, and uh, it's always a blessing to sing there because they always are so warm to us and they accept us, and the, the little group, it's a small group, but the people love the Lord, and it's always a special blessing to, to go out to the brethren, and they are brethren, and we must remember that, that wherever we are, whether it's Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, they are our brethren, but it was a blessing to be there with them today.
Praise God. Is anybody thankful to be known as Jesus Christ or known as his tonight? Anybody thankful for that? I know I am. I'm so thankful to look up in that choir and hear them testify. They're singing. They're not just singing a song. They're testifying to something they know, something they've experienced. I tell our young people all the time that the church is not a generation church. The church is a generational church. And that we glean from those that have gone before us. They glean from us. It's a church that is built upon all age groups. And I look up in that choir tonight and I see so many testimonies of God's grace and faithfulness. If there's ever been a time in my life where you need to hear of God's faithfulness from other people, then, then now is the time. And I'm thankful for the the men and women of God that, that have been saved and set free, sanctified, filled with the Spirit, and stand and testify every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They give. Sometimes when they don't have anything to give, they still give because they trust and believe in God's faithfulness. And I'm thankful to see that up in Esquire uh, tonight, and I'm thankful for that ministry. Can we thank the Lord for that ministry and them tonight again? Amen. Amen. I, I uh, have been overwhelmed in my home the last few weeks of the fact that I am surrounded by women in my house. I have a wife and two daughters. The other day, my five-year-old come over to me, and she was dancing around and bouncing around in the kitchen, and she said, Dad, this ponytail makes me dance. And I thought at that very moment I needed to get a football, I needed to go outside, find one of the boys in the neighborhood and just uh, skin his knee or skin my knee, do something that is just about guys. So who knows, maybe one day I'll get one of those sons, but right now I'm thankful for two beautiful daughters and ponytails that make them dance. Amen? All right. Thank you for that encouragement. Thank you. The Lord speaks to me through that. Oh, man. I... I uh, I'm thankful tonight for being here. I'm thankful tonight for the opportunity to speak and share. I believe with all of my heart that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you tonight. I believe with all of my heart that when we climb up here that we're not just doing something to appease time and for uh, us to, to kind of gather the time and go through the, the process or, or whatever the motions you want to call it. I believe that God wants to speak and if I've ever felt like God wants to share something to somebody, I feel like it's tonight. If I've ever felt like the Holy Spirit has prepared us and wants to do something and speak to us, I believe, I believe that it's tonight. I think that even today some of the things that I have been through were to, for God to speak to us tonight in a powerful way. I, When I grew up, when I was a kid, you can stand your feet if you would with me, and we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and read from there. When I was a young man, when I was a kid, I used to watch westerns with my grandpa, who's in heaven today. And no matter what, we used to spend a lot of time watching Bonanza and different ones like that. But I remember watching these television shows. I always knew by the end of the show it would work out, right? You always knew by the end of the show, no matter what, little Joe and Hoss and Adam and the old man Cartwright were up against, you knew that by the end of the show it was going to work out. Little Joe was going to have a quicker draw than, than the bad man and everything was going to work out. Hoss was going to be tougher than whatever it was they were up against and by the end of the show they were going to sit down at that table and eat and everything was going to be great. I, I grew up hearing that and I grew up kind of uh, under that innocence even of watching those TV 
shows and some of us, we've, we've grown up with that innocence and we knew watching those shows what was going to happen at the end. But what about when we go through a situation where it doesn't work out? What about when we go through a situation that's bigger than us and it robs us even, it feels mean, it, it hurts, it's painful. We go through a hardship tonight. If we can entitle what God's given me tonight, I just want to call it hardships. What about when we go through hardships and it doesn't work out at the end? Many of us, I believe with all of my heart, are going through trials tonight. Many of us are going through situations, <coughs> excuse me, in our lives and our Christian walk and our faith and our marriages and even in our finances, wherever it may be, we're going through situations and hardships and it feels mean. It feels like it's bigger than us. We didn't count on it. We didn't plan on it happening, but nevertheless, here it is and we're faced with it and we have to struggle in the midst of it and we've got to find faith in the midst of it. We've got to find worship in the midst of it. We've got to find trust and confidence and hope in the midst of it. And I came tonight to tell you that God still sits on the throne. No matter what we go through, what we're going through, no matter the difficulty, the hardship, or, or how much it feels like it's stretching us, or how painful it is, Jesus Christ lives on the inside of us. Jesus Christ, sitting on his throne, he is not intimidated by anything that we're going through today. I know many of us, have went through situations where we felt like our innocence was lost. We've went through situations that felt, if I can use this word, they just felt raw, they just felt hurtful, they felt painful. Our innocence may feel lost and it breaks us. Literally, we don't know where this came from. We didn't ask for it, but it hurts. But I believe that God wants to speak to our hardship tonight. I believe that God wants to speak to our hardship. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9 says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. King James translation says in earthen vessels. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed tonight. Would you help me pray tonight? Father, we love you. We worship you. We come to you tonight because we need you. God, we come to you tonight because you're the center of our life, the source of everything we ever hope to be, desire to be. It's in you. And God, we cry out tonight. God, unashamedly, God, we cry out to you for help and for strength and for healing. God, we cry out to you for a word from heaven that changes everything. God, not just around us, but in us tonight. God, we pray for a word from heaven that shakes us, that pours into us, God, that we walk out even into the trials that we may face this week, and we walk into those trials worshiping. We walk into those trials full of faith, full of obedience, full of confidence in you. God, we love you, and we praise you, and we are so thankful that we're yours tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. This scripture, I'm going to read down in verse 16 if you want to keep your Bibles open to there. But God had placed Paul right where you are. 
God had placed Paul and he was speaking of the ministry and, and those that were in ministry with him, the men and women that, that have gone before you and all over the world, they were going through similar hardships. They were going through difficult things. They were doing what was good and right and righteous in the world and they were dealing with situations where Paul had to even remind them that yes, they were going through difficult situations, but there was an all-surpassing power that was from God and he needed to remind them that their power comes from God and that even when we battle situations, he wants to remind that, that we're earthen vessels, that we're just jars of clay, but there is something on the inside of us that gets us through. There's something on the inside of us that pushes us toward his hope and his strength and his eternal plan that we all the time, not just sometimes, we cannot see. Sometimes we go through situations where it's hard to just dust off what we're going through, the, the difficulty of it, and just see what in the world is going on in our life. It feels painful and hurtful, but he said we're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, that means we feel confused, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, you betcha, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. I feel like their situations were bigger than they are, is, the, is what he's saying, but it wasn't bigger than the God they serve. The situations they were going through stretched them, but they didn't stretch God. He wasn't sweating. He wasn't intimidated in any way, shape, or form. They may have been flawed in their understanding. They may have been flawed in going through some of these difficult hardships. They may have even been weak, but God's power sustained them. God's power sustains us. And I want to tell you tonight, as Paul told those people and reminded them because of the experience that they were going through, that we are not forsaken, that we are not alone. When trials get mean, and the hardships tried to blind us, God is still here. And that's a great place to say amen. He is still with us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, it says this. It says, therefore, therefore, knowing that we are not forsaken, knowing that God is with us, knowing that the hardships we're in, God is still able to bring us through, that God has not abandoned his post, that God has not forsaken you, he's not run out of his faithfulness, but he is still faithful and he's moving. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Think about how much worry Think about how much stress we put into what's going on outwardly. Think about the energies we put into what is happening to us, what we're experiencing. But Paul said that, that outwardly we may be wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving. He's speaking this to them for, for an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on what we can see, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We put so much attention on outward things, but I want to tell you that, that God puts, God tonight, I believe, wants to put more in us. I believe that God wants to put more in us than been taken out of us by our hardships. 
I believe that God wants to pour more into our hearts and more into our lives than, than what this hardship has taken from us. I, I believe that, that all that we've been through is not something that's just going to go down as being forsaken. And I, I think of the psalm that, that David wrote. He said, everybody says that God has forsaken me and that he will not deliver me, but I lie down and I sleep. Even though I'm surrounded by my enemies, I sleep in perfect peace because I know that he is my redeemer I know that he's my stronghold I know that he's my refuge I know he is my security and my strength we spend that time just working towards and stressing out and and worrying about outward things and that's totally understandable and and totally natural for all of us to do it but I believe that God wants to speak something into us tonight that puts us right in the middle of our difficulty it puts us full in the middle of our tough times he he wants to he's greater than the meanness if I can use that word sorry I've been around my girls if that's bad grammar greater than the meanness of our hardships. God can work, God can move, and God can fill. His peace is unmeasurable. His joy overflows, and His presence is so real that I can reach out sometimes and touch it. I'm so thankful that I'm not in this thing alone. I'm so thankful that this earth that we're in is temporary. I'm so thankful that when we go through things, we don't have to put too much stock into it because this is not my home. One day, He's going to return, and if, I, if He doesn't return before I go, I was reminded of that today then I'll go to be with him and I'll be in my eternal home with Jesus Christ and I cannot get too stuck here I cannot get too weighed down here I feel like saying this that 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 I know we we teach and believe in the rapture and the, the pre-tribulation rapture of the church I'm just going to tell you some of us are too weighed down by worldly things that we may not be able to take off when that trumpet sounds we're too weighed down of the stresses the, the Bible even tells us that in the parable of the sower that the, the seed is planted on, on certain ground and because there's no understanding the, the devil comes in and gets it and the seed is planted in certain ground and it, it, it's shallow and, 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 and when the, the hard times come it, it chokes out what was planted there and the good things that were to come and some of the seed was planted in that which was thorny ground and it tried to grow up but the, the cares of life and, and the, the, the uh, the temptations of wealth choke that out. And so we, we get into those situations where we have to know that there's something greater that's happening in us. And there's somebody greater that's happening in us and a plan that's perfect that we may not understand all the time. But I know one thing is the truth, that this place is not my home. I teach my girls all the time that we are going to heaven one day in Jesus Christ and we're going to be with him forever and forever and forever. And no matter how broken this world gets I'm praying for their world because they're inheriting the the sins of their fathers and grandfathers unfortunately I'm praying for God for to move in a great revival and for things to change in our world and our country but I do know this if they don't change God is still able if they don't change I'm going to be with him forever if something doesn't shift and change in about a year or so, I'm still going to trust in the Lord. I'm still going to believe God to do amazing things in their lives and ultimately for God to point them towards an eternal plan in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I'm going to take a drink here. This is always the most uncomfortable part of anyway. Amen. Amen. I want them to uh, talk to Jake about putting the picture up. If they can, 
I'm not sure. Is that the back of my head right there? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not. You can't, you can't really see that. I don't know if they can go full screen on that or not. But, but I, I stopped by today. Pastor mentioned today a situation that happened to me this morning. My truck is a little bit older, and I've been trying to get some work done on my brakes of my truck. And, and when I got up this morning and saw the snow was coming, I went out and scraped off all the snow off my truck and uh, started it up and got it all ready to go. And I prayed. Lord, help me, protect me, because I knew my brakes were a little bad, a little sensitive, not working real good. So I just prayed, Lord, protect me on my way to church today. And I got in the truck and drove, and I'm not trying to be spiritual or, or anything, I promise. Pat myself on the back and try to tell you how great I I was just praying. I was praying for all kinds of families in our church and young people. And I was praying. It was a great prayer time. The Lord's presence was with me. And I got on Union Road and I was praying over many families and had come to one certain family. And I tapped my brakes. was only going about 30, so I'm really not a dangerous driver. Um, But I tapped my brakes going about 30 and I lost it. Lost total control of my truck and I don't know if you've been on down Atrium. I know some of those that work at, at the Atrium Hospital have been down Union Road many times and live over there. But I went sideways uh, some, someplace right past the nursing home there, went sideways and was headed towards a house on the left side of Union Road and my car. At that point, I'm telling you, I told Whitney this. I said, well, here it is. You know what I was praying for, fearful of, here it is. And I just braced for impact because I had no control of the car. It was, it was sliding towards the house, and, and I tried to kind of jerk a little bit, and it jerked and went totally sideways the other direction, and then I just hoped and prayed for the best, and you can probably see this, but I slid, uh, you, you can't really see the picture real great probably, but I slid sideways all around that pole right there and came to a stop on the other side of that bush right there. I slid around. So, somebody help me because I, I, did, I was sliding this way, I was sliding this way, and I slid all around that pole and totally missed that. If you've been on Union Road, you know that there are trees and power poles all, all the way down that telephone poles, whatever they were, all the way down that street. It was totally dangerous. I'm scared to drive it. I'll never drive it again, probably. <laughs> but I slid around that, and my truck got stuck in there, and I sat there, and I looked around, and I thought, well, isn't this something, you know? But I want to share that with you. I believe that that was a miracle. I do. And I'm going to share that in just a second. I believe that with all of my heart. I know that that was God. But I think that God let that happen to me today. I think that I was totally taken care of and God had me the whole time. But I think that God was getting my attention to share tonight what he wanted and what his heart was. Sometimes we're, we're stubborn. Sometimes we don't always hear God's voice, and sometimes it gets our attention in wild ways sometimes. And, and I believe that he was getting my attention for somebody that's here tonight, and maybe me. He wanted me to go through this, and he wanted me to look at this and see what happened so that he could minister to somebody tonight. He could minister even to their hardship through this crazy situation that happened to me. When I got here, Ray was excited and all of these things. I came into church at 8.30 and I worshiped the Lord and thanked him and then I was just totally shaken and my hands were shaking because I was anxious about the whole thing and I realized, you know, I probably should go plow my truck out of that guy's yard. And so we got it out and Billy, Billy helped me pull it out. But, but something about that situation... I felt like I needed to look at that and minister from that tonight 
minister from that. And so I want to share with you some things to do in the middle of your hardship. In the middle of your hardship. Let me tell you what happened. After I crashed or whatever you want to say, skid off the road into this guy's yard, I got out and stepped out into uh, an ankle deep mud right there and water and snow that was not yet frozen. And I stepped there and I lost a shoe in the mud, okay? I'm just a, I'm a decent guy just trying to go to church, you know? That's all I was trying to do, serve the Lord. Lost a shoe, had to dig it out with a, a stick to get my shoe back on. Walked around, called Richard. I called some people that I couldn't get a hold of very many people. And so I just walked up to the guy's door and I said, listen, I go to Stratford Heights Church of God. We're starting this evangelism program and we're going to crash in people's yards and invite them to church. No, I'm kidding. I didn't do that. I knocked for a little bit, and the guy came to the door and peeked his head out and kind of looked at me. I could tell he was asleep, and I said, listen, I'm not drunk. I promise you. I just hit that, and I'm sorry, and all that good stuff. And he said, you want to come in? And I said, no, I don't want to come in. I just wanted to tell you that. I I walked back out to my truck to sit in my truck and figure out what I was going to do, figure out how I was going to get out of here, what was going to happen, made some calls, and about that time, Somebody passed by me that should have helped me, but they didn't. But about that time, I heard a honk. And I saw that Christ. I've never been so happy to see a Chrysler 300 in all of my life. I love Ray. Every time I see that car, I get happy. But I'm just going to tell you, I hallelujahed like I've never hallelujahed before. He honked his horn and pulled over. And let me tell you what happened. When he got out, he was white as a ghost. I was just like, thank you, Lord, I got a ride to church. And I was thinking about getting there, wasn't even trying to get it all fixed, trying to get the, the situation worked out. How am I going to get a tow truck here? I was trying to fix all of that, and Ray was white as a ghost. And he said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. Obviously, I'm okay. And he said, do you see the tracks back here? And I said, no. I mean, I felt the tracks, but I didn't see them. I, my shoes in the mud, but, you know. Uh, this guy is probably watching out the blinders at me right now. He said, a miracle just happened here, and you need to know it. And I want to tell you, sometimes in your hardships, you get to focusing on fixing it. You get to focusing on fixing the situation that you've been flung into that you didn't ask for. You didn't really do anything for You're just in the middle of it. It's tough. It's hard. And you didn't ask for it to come, but, but we're trying to fix it. We're working it. And somebody needs to come alongside of you and say, do you see the miracle that's happening in your life? Do you see the miracles that have been taking place all around you? Do you see that you've not been forsaken? Do you see that you've been provided for? Do you see what God has done for you? And when Ray told me that, I said, I guess you're right, aren't you? It was a miracle. I, I guess I am kind of uh, standing here by the grace of God. And it kind of tore me up because all I could think about was fixing the situation that I was in. But God wanted me to stop and see that he was faithful. Somebody clap your hands right there. And give him praise. There's some of us in here tonight that just need to slow down and let Jesus reveal his heart 
and his strength to you and how much he's done for you, your eyes in the midst of your situation, your difficult situation, it may have blinded you to the work of God. It may have blinded you to the powerful hand of God that's been on your life, but do not forsake the fact that you are his. Do not forsake the fact that you're called by his name and in his namesake or for his namesake, he cannot forsake you. You are not so special that God can go back through all of time when he's always been faithful and let you down and ruin his good name. It's for his name's sake that we have been called. It's for his name's sake that he will deliver us. Stop trying to fix it and see the hand of God on you. Can I tell you tonight one thing I learned, another thing, another thing that I learned about that, and thank you for that, Ray, by the way. Thank you for that. Please, uh, I just can't thank you enough for showing up at just the right time. But I want to tell you something about this hardship, and I'm just going to refer to it as that because I feel like I went through that as, a, as a, a way to teach tonight and speak and for me to learn in my own walk with Jesus Christ. But the scariest part of it for me was that I didn't have control. The scariest part for me in that situation was the fact that I had no control over what was going to happen. When I hit my break and that thing started spinning this way, you know what? I was talking to Josh in the foyer and John, and there was, it was just in the Lord's hands after that. It was, there was nothing I could do. I was trying to think in my mind back to driver's ed. You know, I took that about 23 years ago, way back. I was trying to remember what they said, turn it this way or turn it that way, turn into the turn, turn away from the turn. I couldn't remember at all. And you know what I said? I just started singing Carrie Underwood right there. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't do that, but I didn't have control, and that scared me more than anything. It scared me more than anything to know that I couldn't control the direction of my car, that my car could have careened off and hit anything. I was scared to death, and it was at that moment I said that I said to myself, well, this is it. I'm just bracing for how bad this is going to be. I realized something when I was worshiping in the 1040 service today. I've never been in a safer place ever. I've never been in a safer place ever. Now hear me tonight. I've never been in the safest place ever when I'm not in control. When I'm going through hardships, and, and I know we try to pick our hardships, we try to pick our trials, we try to go through the buffet line and say, you know what, I'll take that one, but that one's a little too much for me, God. I don't want to go through a divorce. I don't want to go through financial trouble. I don't want to go through a sickness in my body. I don't want to go through the loss of a child. I don't want to go through that. We don't pick those things. We pick the certain things that are a little bit nicer, that don't hurt so much. And so we try to do that. But unfortunately, in this broken world, nothing to do with God per se, even though he is the, the restorer of, of everything broken. He's our salvation and our hope. But, but this broken world, we go through situations that are like that. And we try to pick those things out. We try to control what we're going through. But the simple fact of the matter is, is we can't do that. When I was 20 years old, 23 years old, right before Ray got his hands on me and this church got their hands on me, I was dating a girl that I thought I loved. She's a great girl, a great girl. I have nothing bad to say to her, but I was head over heels in love with this girl, and I wanted to marry her, and guess what? It didn't work out. It didn't work out. The show, Bonanza, lied to me. It didn't work out. I thought that was how happy I was going to be. By the end of the show, it was all going to work out. And guess what? It didn't happen. And you know what? I'm just going to tell you, I was broken hearted. 
I was broken. We laugh about it, but I was tore up about it. Ray can tell you the times that he spent ministering to me and trying to help me, and my brother-in-law so many times spent, spent time talking to me and trying to encourage me because I didn't understand it was bigger than me, but I realized that God was bigger than that. I realized in the midst of that, when I wasn't in control, God got control, and it was actually the safest place I could ever be to be in God's hands and to trust him, even in the midst of things that I don't understand. It causes the most anxiety, the hardships that we can't control. We can't change it. We just have to trust in the Lord. Can I tell you, if you have not memorized Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and you don't pray it at least once a week, I'm just going to tell you it's a good thing to have. It feeds the soul. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him. One translation says, but submit to him. But submit to him, but submit to him, trust in him, submit to him in all your ways, in all your ways, and he will direct your path. I don't know about you, but I like to lean on wisdom that's always been. If I'm having somebody direct my path, I want to lean on understanding that's from everlasting to everlasting. I appreciate the wisdom that's around us and all of those things, and I glean from that, but when I really need someone to direct my path, I want the author of life to direct my path. I want the creator of all things that, that began my life and spoke into my life. The Bible says that Jesus He's the author and the finisher of our faith. I want him leading me. I want him guiding me. And so daily I try to submit. I try to submit myself to him and I trust in him. I trust in him. I couldn't have been safer in that situation. You can't be safer in the middle of your hardship than to not have control and God to have control in the midst of it. And I know sometimes our own decisions have caused hardships, and, and I know sometimes we're going through situations that God's teaching us, and, and I understand all of those things. We can take all kinds of different avenues to teach and to minister to you, but what I believe that God wants somebody to know is you may feel like what you're going through is mean, but God is greater, and everything that this thing has taken out of you, God is going to restore into your heart and into to your life a thousandfold. You are not forsaken. You belong to the king tonight. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Couldn't have been safer. In our hardships, trust. In our hardships, trust. When those trials come, we have to learn to trust in God. I don't understand God. Can I say that? I'm sorry. Forgive me. I read this Bible every day from front to back. It's something I, I devour. I pray. I spend time with the Lord. But I don't understand this life and things that go on. But I trust God. I trust Him. I know that He's going to work. And I believe in Him even when things happen to me. I want to tell you tonight, even my shoes stayed clean somehow. I dug them out of the mud and they were still clean. You can ask the pastor. I said, look at these shoes I dug out of the mud. They didn't have a drop of dust on them. God is trying to speak to somebody tonight that he would even let me go through that tonight or this today so that somehow our attention can be had by the power of his Holy Spirit tonight. I want to tell you something also. Not only did God need me to stop trying to fix it and realize, look around that, and see what God had been doing and he needed me to let go of control and just trust him in the middle of it. I also felt like he wants to minister this tonight, that if I had crashed, he's still faithful. If 
I had hit one of those trees and I was a paraplegic the rest of my life, God is still faithful. If I had hit one of those trees and my girls grew up without me raising them, God is still faithful. One day we got a call, or one day we looked and I told you this story, but I just feel so prompted today to share this again. I don't, I don't know why. But, but our youngest, our two-year-old, when she was a month old, we got her home and everything was perfect, perfect. I mean, she, she went home the next day from the hospital. She was sleeping through the night. I mean, she was just perfect. You know, Blakely, that was a totally different story. I love you, baby, and you're perfect in every way. But, but, but her being born, we had all kinds of troubles and things that went on. And, and Presley, just the way it happened, it was just perfect. And so a month later, the, we, we went to church one Sunday, and, and Presley wouldn't eat. She wouldn't drink her bottle, and she just moaned all day long. She just moaned. She, she hadn't used the restroom in, in like two days, which was really strange. She wouldn't eat. We put the bottle in her mouth, and the milk would just careen down her, 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 the side of her face. She was just moaning, and we just knew something was wrong. And, 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 you know, Google doctors are not necessarily good, but I Googled some of the symptoms she was having, and it seemed serious. And I felt like mom's usually the one that's a little more worrisome than I am, but I felt like we needed to get her to the emergency room. Took her to the emergency room. They ran all kinds of tests, and she just got worse and worse and worse, Gary. People would come in and prophesy and call. We had people all from all over the country as this played out over the next few days would show up. I had one guy from, from Arkansas came and he came in and, and the Lord gave him a prophetic word, prayed over her. One day I was, I was crying over Presley's bed and I turned around and a minister from our church was there at a weird time and he had been standing there and he said that he saw an angel. I mean, just all kinds of miraculous things happened, okay? And I, I trusted the Lord. And we went through that, and it was painful. It was, it was difficult to see her. And she, she went through a, a, a period of time where she just wasn't getting better. They had no idea what was going on. And we were questioning, why is she dying? Why is she dying? That's what's happening. They came in one morning after she had done this for about three days, and they said they were really calm. And they said to me and Whitney, we need to go ahead and put her on a respirator. I didn't know what a respirator was. I thought that was like a radiator. I, I wasn't real sure what was going on. They said, we need to put her on a, a respirator. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. So I went outside and, and called my parents. And I said, hey, they're wanting to put her on a respirator. And when I turned around, they were really calm in the room. But when I turned around, they had her bed in the hallway. And they were sprinting with her to get her to the PICU. And I don't know about you. You know, and, and we've all been through hardships, but I was totally crushed right then because they were saving my daughter's life, you know? She was fine just two, a week ago, and here they were sprinting to save her life. And the next hour and a half, me and Whitney didn't say a word. We just looked at each other, and every type of thought went through our minds. It was painful. It was hurtful. We didn't know what was going on. They didn't come out and tell us if she was okay. We didn't know what was happening. It was just difficult. It, it, it was hard. It was like my innocence was taken from me. I felt like everything was going to work out, but I didn't know if I was going to lose my daughter or not. But here's what I know about that. I resolved, even at that moment, that if God was to take her, he's still faithful. And I'm still going to praise him, and I'm still going to worship him. And, and to, for, for God's glory, 
glory, uh, however he may have done that. I, I praise the Lord in the good and in the bad. And God decided through a series of events, she began to get better. The doctors came with the right... Uh, the, the doctors came on the divine help. I feel like testifying to this. I, I wasn't normally, I wasn't going to say this, but, but one day one of the doctors the, from the Centers of Disease Control came in and she said, I was up all night. She said, something from above was telling me that this is what it is. Now, normally you might not want to trust that, but we just felt a peace about it. And she gave her, administered this drug to her. And let me tell you what happened to my daughter. You want to talk about mean, you want to talk about hardship. What had happened to her is she inhaled a toxin that was killing her. That means she was just doing her life. She wasn't in some wild war zone or she, we weren't having her in a nuclear plant or something that was going to hurt her. She was just doing life and she inhaled a toxin called or was infant botulism. She inhaled that, and it was just basically shutting her body down. But to God be the glory if she went to be with him or she was healed. You know, God would have been faithful. To God be the glory. She's in the nursery tonight, and she smiles, and she's an incredible young lady, and God's going to use her, and he had a plan. But my point is this. God is still faithful. That God is still able. Even when we go through the darkest times of our life, God is still faithful. We need to learn to worship when it hurts. We need to learn to worship when it doesn't make sense to say, thank you, I'm hurting God, I'm going through something, and you have to teach me in the middle of this to not just say thank you, but, but to feel thank you and to give thanks to you. God, teach me to worship when it hurts. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3 through 10, it says, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not, not be discredited. But it says, rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. And I want you to hear this because sometimes we just skim over this and we talk about the early church and what they went through, but we don't realize what it really cost them and what they were really going through and dealing with. It says, rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way for in great endurance in troubles in hardships, in distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, in riots, in hard work, sleepless nights and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in, in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing, hear this, having nothing yet possessing everything, having nothing yet possessing everything. They were going through hardships, but they knew the source of their strength. They knew that they could hang on to the Lord Jesus Christ. They knew what it meant to worship when they had nothing. They knew what it meant to worship when everybody around them was against them and pointing fingers at them and even beating them. They, they stood in a place where God proved himself faithful. Something happened inwardly through all the betrayal, the hardship, the sleepless nights, Something happened in them, and they trusted, they trusted in Jesus Christ. They trusted in him. Stand to your feet with me tonight, if you will. Something, someone happened inwardly through all 
of their feelings of betrayal, difficulty, something greater. I'm going to ask Pastor to come up and share with us, finish us out tonight. But I want to tell you that God is not as far from you as you may feel or think. That He's but the breath that you breathe. The Bible says we live and move and have our being in Him. It's in Him. He's with us tonight. He's faithful tonight in every way, in every situation. We can trust in Him. I didn't know Cameron was going to ask me to to close out, but works right in line with what the Lord had spoken to my heart. He's, I was sitting right here, and the Lord spoke to me and said, turn to Psalm 50. This is for someone in your congregation tonight. And I thought, well, where will I have the opportunity to read this to them? And you just gave it to me. Here's how the Lord wants to end this. For the Lord God, this is for someone here this evening. I'm more sure of it than the breath I'm breathing. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I've set my face like a flint. And I know that I will not be ashamed. He is near who justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near me. Surely the Lord God will help me. Who is he who will condemn me? Indeed, they will all grow old like a garment. The moth will eat them up. Who among you, here's the direct word, who among you fears the Lord, who obeys the voice of his servant, who walks, yet walks in darkness and has no light? Isaiah was expressing, what do you do when you're obeying the Lord, the voice of the Lord, you are walking in the fear of the Lord, and yet all of a sudden you find yourself in that trial, in that dark place, where there is, where you walk in darkness and you have no light. Then Isaiah gives the answer. He says, let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. That truth, when I am thrown in to circumstances, when I'm thrown in to trials, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. When I am suddenly going down Union Road and I find myself in a whirlwind of chaos and the road that I'm traveling on just is suddenly taken from me, and I am left with out-of-control circumstances. And I see in, sure, in front of me short and certain death. But yet somehow the presence and the power of the angels of God whip me right around my circumstances. When I first walked, when I first drove up on the scene, I didn't know it was Cameron. I had no idea. I saw the truck. I saw it sitting on the other side of that pole. And I, my thought was, how in the world did he miss that pole? Whoever that is, boy... They sure did. They missed that pole. They went right or they circled it. Big old donut around the pole. And I've been to too many accidents, situations in hospitals where you don't get around a pole like that. You don't do that. I mean, you're a good driver. 
you ain't that good. Literally pulled around that. And my first thought was, wow, they missed that pole. They, they, they could have went, they should have went right through that pole and they didn't. They went around it. And I was like, wow, that's good. And then I saw a white shirt and a boy walking towards the truck and I didn't know who it was. I said, well, they're going to church. They're Christians. And then I looked a little closer, Jackie, and I said, that's Cameron. That's Cam. I blew the horn. I pulled off the side of the road and he come up and all I could say was, you do see the miracle. <laughs> you do see the miracle. And I, I love the way he brought that out. Let me tell you something. I need, to, I need to tell you that who is it that's just gone around the bend and, and you've lost control and the path you're on, it seems like it's all just been ripped out from an... It's been ripped out from underneath you and here you are in the midst of circumstances and you find yourself in trial and you find yourself in trouble and you're standing in here tonight because I know you are and there's more than one. There's several of you going through something. You're going, you're going through a time when you have suddenly hit a wilderness experience. You've suddenly hit a, a situation with a path and I see the road in front of you has slipped out from underneath you and there you are on the other end I'm telling you you're going to get around this pole you're going to get around this circumstance you're going to make it around and you're going to come out with a testimony I feel that all the way to my feet you will go you'll go through this situation you go through the trial the trouble but I'm telling you God is going to direct your path right around all of it you're going to smooth your way right through this why because you have trusted in the name of the Lord and you have relied upon him and you have stayed faithful and obedient you will continue to fear the Lord you'll continue to be obedient to his voice and you will not be detoured and you'll not lean to the left or to the right you won't lean on the arm of flesh you won't try to fix it and work out work it all out yourself do not try to defend yourself I'm telling you you can trust in the name of the Lord and you can stand and rest on his reputation he will bring you out and he will set you up on a high hill where others will see and hear the testimony that you have come through if you believe that one more time put your hands together and give God praise I'm talking to mothers, I'm talking to fathers, I'm talking to folks that are going through the trial of your life and you've had it. I'm telling you, I want you right now all over this congregation, if you can identify with this word, I want you to get out and meet us in this altar. Just come immediately. Staff, come ahead. I want you in the altar. And I want you to come. And if you see someone else coming, I want you to come with them. If you see someone you can pray with, I want you to come with them. But I'm believing tonight you're going to leave out of here with a confidence and a courageous spirit. God's telling you like he told Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. In the mighty name of Jesus, you can trust in the name of the Lord. You can trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon your God. He encircles you. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. He, he holds you in the palm of his hand. The angels of the Lord are there with you. God is going to take care of you. What, as you move in real close, don't be afraid. Come on down here real close. I want others of you, if you're standing back, would you just stretch your hands towards this altar? 
Would you help me? I need prayer warriors here tonight. Would you just begin now? I want you to lift your hands to God in complete surrender in this altar. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord if you can. I want you to trust in God. I believe in him that you are going to have a supernatural experience right here in this place right now tonight. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You won't have to fight the enemy yourself. God is going to take care and avenge his children. You shall not be afraid of for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is your refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Can you receive the word of God tonight and say amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight. We pray that, God, your work will be accomplished and done. I feel fire from your Holy Spirit right now, burning through every trap and device that the enemy has tried to hurt his people with. I believe tonight, God, there's going to be victory, victory in Jesus, that you're going to touch your people and minister in the needs that are represented in this house in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Gary, I want you to sing us something, get you some folks up here. I want them to ring the rafters singing about victory. And I want us to get around and pray for one another right now. Find somebody right there local, right by you, where you can pray with them. Would you do that? I heard an old, old story How the Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning Of his precious blood atoning Then I repented of my sin And won the victory I found victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he brought me here with his redeeming love. He loved the air I do him and Sought me and he bought me 
going to see you through that was about 25% I said do you believe the Lord is going to see you through amen amen who is it that fears the Lord who is it that obeys the voice of the Lord yet walks in darkness there have been several people here tonight several folks who that was a direct word for them God knows what he's doing and he knows how to minister to his people. He says, I will trust in the name of the Lord. How many of you know his name is strong, is a mighty tower, a refuge to run to? His we pray in his name. We give a cold water in his name. We live according to his name. In, I will trust in his name, and I will put my stay. I will lean hard upon the Lord. Can you say Amen. Thank you, Cameron Jones. Don't we have a great youth pastor? Amen. Thank you. That was a good word for me. That was a great word for me. I received blessing. I got to go to church tonight. I like it when I get to go to church. I want you to get around to people. I want you to shake hands, hug necks, encourage them. Let them feel and sense the brotherhood, the sisterhood, and let them know they're in the right place when they're at Stratford Heights Church of God. We love you. We'll see you in, in services this week. Trust in the Lord. Lean hard upon him. God bless you. You've been watching the worship service from the Stratford Heights Church of God. On behalf of Pastor Ray, we thank you for spending your time with us. Stratford Heights is always available to hear from you. For more information, visit us online at shcog.com. If you would like to pay your tithes or gifts, you can also do that online as well at shcog.com. This broadcast is made possible from people just like you who come together to worship the 